It's time to hear what's good, what's bad, and what's ugly at the multiplexes and at the art house. Warehouse, farmhouse, hen house, outhouse, or doghouse in that area. You'll also hear about new and old films on Blu-ray and on DVD. Plus, you'll hear all the latest Hollywood gossip. I don't care! Okay, maybe not the latter, but it is time for film sociology with WFYI's film guru. Kaiser Shizzy! No, that's Matthew Sosi. It's such a fine line between stupid and, and clever, yes. Let's see how thin the line is. Here's your host, Matthew Sosi. film lovers, and welcome to Film Sociology, a film talk show here on WFYI HD to the Point and WFYI.org. If you have a question or a comment, you can email me at msocey, that's M-S-O-C-E-Y, at WFYI.org. I'm also on Facebook, also on Twitter, at Matthew Socey. The show is available as a podcast. It's also available on iTunes, and we have a blog, which someday will be updated at filmsociology.tumblr.com. Uh, a little later on, because it's the, it's the weekend after Thanksgiving, we have a, uh, a, a holiday tradition here at Film Sociology, an epic chat with celebrity chef and all-around good guy Danny Boom, and that'll take up the majority of today's show. But I do want to say, um, hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Get out of the house. Uh, you don't have to go shopping, but you can go to a movie. Uh, no gift is worth knocking people over. Just remember that. So, uh, and and I, I want to talk about a film that's probably uh, going to get the smallest release, but you should look for it anyway. And it's a film. It's a G-rated film, folks, called The Eagle Huntress. And uh, this is a documentary about a girl in Mongolia, a 13-year-old girl who wants to be the first female eagle hunter in her village, in her family. And uh, if you ever saw a whale rider, it has a similar feel to that as far as a young girl overcoming a much, much male-dominated society. And uh, so it's got a couple things going for it. Uh, A little girl empowerment, which which is always cool and course in my house uh always encouraged um visually stunning some beautiful outside footage um you do have the talking heads of the old not members of the talking heads but the old guys who feel that she shouldn't really be a part of this but we also get to take a look at a different part of the world and know that well some some behavioral is universal but uh anyway it's it's an inspiring story with the young lady there's some uh there's a couple of head camera shots uh especially when she is trying to find her her uh eagle to train and uh also the the bittersweet aspect of the fact that uh the eagle's going to lose its mother but it's going to gain a trainer so visually impressive uh daisy ridley for you star wars fans does the uh, narration on this and uh i think th- this is the little film that should be seen by a wider audience this weekend so let let the big lines at the multiplexes be long go check out if you would, please go check out The Eagle Huntress. 
there is one film of note on Blu-ray that uh, probably probably going to make the top ten list for me this year, and that's Hell or High Water, the modern day western with Jeff Bridges, Chris Pine, and Ben Foster. Um, definitely worth checking out if you haven't seen it yet. Um, hope, again, solid performances by all three of those actors. About two brothers, played by Pine and Foster, who uh, committed a series of bank robberies in order to keep their home. Uh, and Jeff Bridges plays the grizzled old coot, although he had some nice texture to it, uh, much more than what's written on the paper, as a guy who's in the, the last days of his job, but uh, still, uh, still a dog in the hunt. So uh, hopefully you can go check that out as well. All right, ladies and gentlemen, because it's uh, you, you need to know what to do with leftovers, you want to know uh, some other ideas for cooking for the, any holiday season, here's my epic chat with Danny Boom. Joining me on Film Social, it is now a Thanksgiving tradition because this is our third year doing it. It's the weekend after Thanksgiving, and joining me on the line, he's not in the kitchen this year. We'll get that in a second. But uh, a chef, an entrepreneur, and, of course, my favorite maple leaf. Danny Boom is here. Happy Thanksgiving to you, Danny. Happy Thanksgiving to you, Mr. Soshi. What's going on? <laughs> well, it's that, it's that time of the year. It's, uh, you know, Thanksgiving is over. We have stacks and stacks of leftovers. First off, I guess I should start with, uh, what did you prepare this year? Uh, well, we went traditional because, um, as you probably know, and the folks at home don't, but we had our um, second son. Congratulations. November, which is the same birthday as our first son. Uh, three years later, so history is repeating itself a bit crazily, and um, and so my mum and my dad actually came over for their very first Thanksgiving, and so it was. And for you have to understand, for English people uh, or British people or anybody in Europe, no one else does Thanksgiving but Americans. Right. So, <clears throat> so it was the actual explanation of what is this all about, and then I think they got like they really liked it as a holiday because a there was no gifts. <laughs> There was no pressure. Um, it was just eating and drinking and, uh, and you know, and 24-hour movies on TV. So everybody was fully behind that idea. And, um, and I, I got to say, I really, I must admit, I did myself proud, I got to say. <laughs> of course uh, you did. I, I, yeah, yeah. But, um, but this year, we, we, I, I, I'm trying to move away from, I know it's Turkey Day, but I try um, always on the holidays to mix things up a little bit. Mm-hmm. So we did um, a little spatchcock, um, and we, we roasted those in the uh, in the oven. And then we did on the following day, because the other thing also is you don't have so much leftovers because a spatchcock is like a small chicken. Right. So um, so we had a, a basically um, not so many leftovers, so we just made soup out of the leftovers the next day. And, um, and then I did this really nice... Um, for some reason, I haven't eaten ham in or pork for for medical reasons for the, probably the last ten, well, eight, ten years. And so my dad said, "Hey, that looks cool." Because <laughs> the problem is, you have to understand as well when foreigners come to your uh, American supermarkets, there is an abundance of selection <laughs> that you cannot seriously, you just yeah. can't get your head around. And so my dad saw the the traditional ham with all the cloves in it and right. everything, and, and he's like, "What's that?" And I said, "Oh, that's a ham." And he went, "No, no, no, that's not a ham. That was too big to be a ham." And I went, "No, no, no, that's a ham." So we had um, we had an open house the next day, and I did a Coca Cola ham. Oh. Um, 
So what you do is you base, and it's, it's I've done it with Coca-Cola chicken. But yep. what you do is you take a, a liter of Coke, um, and you pour it over. It, is, it sounds a little bit like you know I shouldn't be doing it, but a Puritan way. But I poured it's a South African thing that I, I picked up when I was over there. They pour it over the ham or the chicken or the, and they basically roast it off, and it caramelizes. Yes. And um, and I did it with a bit of a. I, I put a lot of lemon zest on it and a bit of clove and a little, just a touch of cinnamon. And um, I've got to say, it really came out well. And so my mum and my dad have like never had like ham before. So it like as served like that. So off, you know, um, as well as big, lovely sliced ham. So we had a, we had a pretty good time and we had like 20 people over the day after Thanksgiving. Uh, wait, uh, quick question about the the Coca Cola. Now, is it? Did you use regular Coca Cola or the uh, I, the uh, Mexican Coke, which had real cane, real sugar as opposed to corn syrup? Um, believe it or not, I used full diesel regular Coke. Okay, well, I would say would there would there be a difference, or would the sugar burn if you used uh, the? Yeah. Mex- okay, I, I think well, either way, the sugar's going to burn. But what you wanted is you want it. It, it caramelizes easier, mm-hmm. um, and you don't have. Believe it or not, if you use flat Coke, it's better because the carbonite, it, it basically it's more water than um, than you won't, you don't have, as you say, the sugar content is, is not as high because of the corn syrup, but because of the gases out of it as well, mm-hmm. um, it works kind of cool because it's kind of diluted then. Um, so we've we've played around with that. I mean, I've done it, in, uh, to be honest, though, it depends on where you are in the world because in some countries, believe it or not, corn syrup is banned. So when we've done it, in the UK, we've always had to allow the and South Africa as well. We had to let the um, the coke go completely flat, take all the carbon dioxide out of it, and then um, we would like mix it probably with a little bit of um, of the juice or like a stock cube um, with a little bit of water just to dilute it a touch, and then pour it over. But if you see, you're making a simple syrup and pour it over your sure your ham. That's that's what it is. Yeah. Wow, that's you know what I'm, I'm I got to work on that now that you brought it up. That's that's pretty solid. I've heard I've always heard about the cola uh, cola glaze, but I haven't had the gumption to try it. Well, get this one. Now I'm living. So last so last Thanksgiving we spoke, and I was in the kitchen, and you caught me. You you literally caught me on Thanksgiving yeah. Day. Yeah. And I and I and I'm like, <laughs> oh boy, and um, I'm actually. Uh, <laughs> and I, I mean, I've got the kid running around. I've got the, you know, my wife is, is like, she's, we, we was actually discussing this earlier. I become very territorial when I'm in the kitchen because I like it a certain way. I like my services clean. I like everything organized. Sure. And my wife is one of these. She pulls out every pot and pan in the kitchen and takes up every corner of space for no apparent reason. So it was like, we, we, it gets a little testy. So that was live on radio this year. I got, you know, I managed to, you know, lock her in the TV room and, and keep her out of the way. But it was a lot. It was very, very cool that we got everything organized and uh, and done. But so I actually planned my meals this time around. And now I'm talking to you. It's like I feel like I've actually come full circle. Because, uh, you know, when sometimes you don't cook enough, I don't know yep. if you've ever experienced that. But yeah. um, uh, it, it's kind of weird that when you – you you have this gap of time when you when you're it's your profession but you you know you're good at it so you don't really practice it as much you just come back you know, and then you, you know I'm always consulting or running my school or doing something else but I'm generally don't really get to cook so much anymore but but boy oh boy I came up with this thing I'm in upstate New York 
And um, it's, this is where they don't call it the Big Apple for nothing. They call it the New York State uh, because New York State produces more apples than any other state yep. in the whole continental U.S. and possibly the world. So I'm up here in Apple country. I live in a place called Webster, New York, which is actually produces, I think it's some crazy amount of apples, like 10% of the world's apples we, we produce here. And some guy, Cider, is making this a massive comeback. Like, there is... What, what upstate New York is really known for, it, it's a boom town right now, and I'm, this is why I've opened my cooking school up here. And it's, it's amazing because we have um, the most craft distilleries the most craft breweries, the most craft coffee roasters, and the most craft cideries in um, possibly, and I'm going to say this very, very uh, cavalierish, but in the world. Okay. Um, see, America, you're rubbing off on me. And um, <laughs> you're remarkable, is that? But, um, but in the sense of we, uh, we have two distilleries opening a month, we have uh, two breweries opening a month, and we have one coffee roasters opening a month in the state of New York. And now cider is this next thing on the wave. And the, and the thing is, we're not even we're not even plateaued yet. This is on like on a five year increase. And so this guy gives me this bottle of uh, this bottle of cider, and I'm like, well, I don't really know what to do with it, to be absolutely honest, because I, I'm not a cider drinker, mm -hmm. um, and sometimes I find it too acid, and so. I, I came across this recipe and I made apple cider cheese fondue. Ooh. So my dad flies in uh, the two on the yeah just the day before Thanksgiving, and we sit around with this massive chunk of bread. I mean, like I got these two big soda breads. I, I porcupine them out and then we uh, and boiled some potatoes. And when I lived in Switzerland, this is what you do. You take your bread, you put it on the, um, you cube it up, and then what you do is you uh, crack the black, uh, you ground you ground black pepper all over the bread, and then you pour the cheese over the bread. Uh. And you have a glass of white wine, and, and that's how we welcomed, you know, the Thanksgiving weekend in, and it was just brilliant. And i got to say, it was like those three dishes, I was like, yeah, you know what? I think I've... I think I've uh, the prodigal son has returned. Mm -hmm. You know, I, my mum and dad, I made them proud. They actually said, well, you actually can do this. You know, we just <laughs> thought it was just all talk. You know, so, uh, and my wife was like, it's amazing what I, you can do when I leave you alone, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. You know, so it was cool. So I, I, um, going back a little bit, you said that you're, uh, first off, congratulations on your new co-production with uh, with the kids. Oh, I thought you <laughs> Well, there, you have a lot of productions, I know. And then <laughs> Yes, uh, yeah, the boom. Uh, yeah, we, we literally made it crash bang boom productions this time, and uh, we came out with uh, baby number two. Now, did and, you say they're both on yeah. the same? They both have the same birth date. Unbelievable! This is unbelievable. This is this is like <laughs> so. This is the craziest thing that ever happened to us. Um, so we we've, we've got Remy, who's three. Yeah, and then um, Theo was uh, born on on the same day, on the fifth of November, and it was the weirdest pregnancy that my wife has gone through because she was um well no pregnancy I, i'm gonna say i don't want to sound stupid but that no pregnancy is ever the same right but the first one um was a, a textbook pregnancy but she was in labor for 19 hours mm. uh and and then and then this one theo comes along and he was she started contractions 13 days early oh, and we and we were like oh my god you know he's is he when is he going to come and then um, 13 days went past and he never arrived and then we're literally 
we were literally in the kitchen having breakfast and opening the presents with Remy, and she went into full-blown labor. And it was like, there's me. I'm being very nonchalant about it. It's like, yes, babe, it's just... It's just it's just false contractions. It's it's fine. And she's like, no, no. And it was like in a movie. It was like, no, this is the this is it. Mm-hmm. And um and it was scrambled. Got in the car and everything. It was kind of funny. Uh, dropped off you know Remy at friends and we went there. And within two and a half hours, uh, Theo was born. And um, yeah, so they share a birthday. And I, I can't believe that we've got two kids, same birthday. Years apart, You're, unbelievable. You, the birthday parties at your house are going to be very entertaining in a few years. Get this, I came up with a master plan. Uh oh, because, every, every, because even the first thing the nurse said to us was, "Well, the brother isn't going to like that mm-hmm. sharing his birthday." And um, actually, I'm very lucky that I've got a kid who's, who's really laid back and cool. But I said I've actually come up with the idea of this because it, being British, I have the I have the Queen card to play. Okay. <laughs> The queen has two birthdays, right? So I yeah. said, so I've come up with this plan of, yes, everybody's actually born on the same day, but you can get to pick your birthday oh, if geez. if you don't like it. So so everyone can have two birthdays, like the queen. That's Wait. what I came up with. And and the birthday is November fifth. Yeah, which is Guy Fawkes Day. So it's it's our it's the British version of. I can't call it the July. It is like in, in resemblance. It's like um, the Fourth of July because there's lots of fireworks, and it also is a, a poignant moment of rebellion. And um, and yeah, so remember, remember the fifth November, the Boom Boys came to town. Uh, that's uh, yeah, Danny. That's also Emma's birthday. Get out. Yep, she turned fifteen this year. That is the weirdest thing. <laughs> Well, it's weird that I, I didn't know that. Yep. After knowing you for after never meeting you, but talking to you for four years in a row <laughs> on Thanksgiving. Well, what someday? Uh, but yeah, uh, the 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 seven piece uh, the seven piece band will jam sometime somewhere. That's too funny. I know. Well, congratulations, Emma. Right back at you. <laughs> she's fifteen. Wow. She's fifteen, or as we like to call it, fifteen. Fifteen. Well, I'm uh, going through three. We, we, we've. Uh, the teacher called me, the teacher at Remy's preschool the other day made me like killed me because she goes, "Yeah, he's going through the three major stage right now," <laughs> and I went, "What?" And he goes, "Yeah, he can work an iPad and he can he has a tantrum like you know he, you know," and I was like, "Oh my god, three major, that's brilliant!" But fifteen, fifteen, but, when, but see, it's amazing. She's sixteen next year. Jeez, I know, I know. She hasn't asked for a car yet, so we're 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 planning on it. But yeah, fifteen years old, man. man. That's see. That, this is why we're together, among other things. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, but. so um, you, you you alluded to it a little earlier, but just so folks know, here at Film Sociology, Danny Boom is here with me. Film Sociology is your home for upstate New York culinary news and. Uh, <laughs> Because it's a sister sister city, why not? But awesome. um, right. But I know it's funny because everybody I've talked to, it seems like 2016 can go to hell in a handbag, and that is not the case with you. With the new addition to your family, and you have launched. Uh, we've we've talked about gastronauts in the past, but you you've had a huge launch in the last few weeks. Yeah, yeah. So what we did was for the last oh last six seven years, I've been doing a pop up cooking school in New York City called the Gastronauts Academy. 
And then um, actually uh, two years ago, we did Gastronauts Adventures where we took uh, 60 people on a ski safari through the Italian Alps. I remember that. And, and uh, we ate and we drank and we got fat and we had a great time skiing and enjoying um, the Vida Loca in, in Italy. And so we moved up. So I moved upstate um, last year. Actually, this time last year, we moved upstate New York and um, I didn't really... I didn't honestly know where I'd moved to, if you get my meaning. You yeah. know, you, do you know when you when you move to a new town, you start you start figuring things out a little bit. We moved to family, so it was that wasn't the motivation. But then I realised I was actually in the heart of um, basically the most important food and drink region in America today. Mm-hmm. And um, GQ magazine, is, I mean Rochester, New York, uh, is this um, is a is a I call it the white collar Detroit. If you, if you, um, I get it. In the, in the meaning of, so what happened with blue collar Detroit was it went down because of the the car manufacturers. Well, what happened here is Kodak. Um, you know, uh, basically they they blew their they blew it up, and and a lot of people that was involved with Kodak um, then got left, made redundant, and so on a white collar basis, that's what happened here in Rochester. So. The resurgency um, has come through where there's a lot of cheap property and people that are in um, either in Chicago or in New York, and they want to um, take advantage of the agricultural area, have moved here. And New York State is a real champion for the farmer and a real champion for um, entrepreneurs. And basically has said, right, okay, if you want to make something we will bend the rules a little bit and make it work for you so we have this huge um you know we have an abundance of fruit and and grain and all these things so what we're going to do with it if you can't sell it we've got we've got to get the farmers uh, another sort of diversify their income so they then introduced the new liquor law which they allowed the craft distilling and craft brewing to basically take advantage of tax deductions in if they used organic or local if it's new york uh, grass to grain uh, grass sorry glass to grain or grain to glass yep. um that everybody in the state is taking advantage of that that's why there's so many distilleries we uh, there's only one other state in the whole country that basically can compare to this boom in um food and drink right now and that is oregon okay um but but the biggest thing about rochester is between two of the best wine regions in and, and the most important wine region. So they have Niagara on the Lake, which is basically part Buffalo, part um, Ontario, Canada. Um, and that's an hour and a half away from Rochester. But then um, 45 minutes from the center of Rochester is the Finger Lakes. And the Finger Lakes is where the original vines from Europe came over and were cultivated to create a, the, the North American wine scene. And it's a sleeping giant. And this year, Thrillist, um, basically called the Finger Lakes the most important. And I think 12 other travel and food and wine magazines called the Finger Lakes the most important um, food and wine destination of America. So with finding all this information out and understanding where I was, I said, hey, the Gastronauts Academy has to be here. So what we've cultivated is a really, I've got to say, I'm very proud of it because it worked I mean, every day is a a building point. But by September, we'll have our our full um, teaching uh, lab um, and we'll be able to teach uh, cooking, uh, cocktail making and baristing and brewing all out of one center. 
Um, but right now we're, we have 22 different vendors and and each one of those 22 sites, we can give you a class in coffee making, spirits, mixology, distilling, farming, chicken keeping, honey, uh, beekeeping. We do farming, how to create a CSA. We do brewing. We do home brewing. We do craft brewing. We do um, everything to do with food. And that's just the classes. And then we do adventures where we can uh, do, um, basically, we've got yoga hiking, uh, so basically you go through a hike through the, the wineries, um, you drink, you taste, you do a bit of yoga, you do a bit of hiking, it's kind of fun. We do skiing, um, we do all sorts of amazing things. But then the biggest point is is what I'm trying to do and really bolster the, the economy and the, um, the industry through, through jobs is that we do courses. And their courses are basically a week, uh, sorry, a weekend, a week and a month. The weekend is just come have fun, come visit us, let, sh let us show you around. We'll take some distilleries, some breweries, some wineries, and we'll do a little bit of a cooking lesson with yours truly, and we'll have a great time. Then the week courses, we want to, if people are really serious about cooking and want to get better, we can do it, we would call it the zero to hero course. So if you can't, Matthew, and I know this is you, you can't <laughs> boil water, so you come <laughs> spend the week with me, I'll have you filleting fish and poaching them beautifully with a saffron sauce, um, all within one week. And then what I really want is to get people, um, is to see the, the advantage of actually becoming um, a skilled person again or using something of a life experience. So we have for gap year people or sabbaticalists or retirees or people who actually want on-ramp into the food and drink industry and but don't have uh, sixty to $100,000 to go to, to hospitality school is that we've created a one-month intensive course that basically you can come and take the four weeks and learn to become a really good cook or learn all the skills of hospitality within that one month. Um, if you want to take it a little bit further, on the weekends of the four weeks, we supply a internship program. And at the end of that four weeks, we will help you get a job. Nice. Look at that. Yeah. So a lot of plates are spinning up here. But I've got to say, it's been really, really rewarding. I'm working with tremendously passionate people. And, um, and it's actually really nice to feel that you're on the, on the pulse of something. You know, and uh, and as I gotta say, you know, this, this town has been down, but it's 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 coming back, and it's finding it's finding a new way of doing it. It's it sounds like you're creating a connoisseur's paradise. Well, I don't. I, you know, the cool thing is, is, and I was trying to explain this to you the other day. Is it shouldn't be about being a connoisseur; it's about following your passion as, as, and your. It's, it's, it's the intrigue of something. Well, how mm -hmm. do they make those wonderful swirls on top of um, a coffee? Right. And it's like, well, we can teach you that in an, under an hour, and you can go home and you can talk to your friends about it. Or if you really want to progress in life, but we, we can make it affordable for you. We can, we can help you, um, give you a skill for life, and then, I mean, the biggest thing is I've done this. This is, this is what I've created is I've created everything out of my own experience. Right. And the one thing um, – and I know we're going to talk about film and movies in oh, a bit. That's but fine. The one thing – no, no, but the, this is the thing. It's sort of in a loop because everything that I've done, um, the, the month or the, the four-week course that we do, is exactly what I did to become a chef. I didn't know I was going to become a chef. I didn't know I was going to become a TV host. I didn't know, but I needed to learn some life skills. Mm -hmm. And so 
I went to this uh, a place called the Grange Cookery School in England, and it gave me four weeks, and it gave me a skill set that I could be a barman, I could cook, I could um, actually be a, a, a host. And it gave me the skill sets to be an, a, a, a better person, I guess, but I could travel with it. My dad's a hairdresser, and he always said to me, um, as long as you've got a, a practical skill, you can go anywhere in the world. And that's exactly what I did. Yep. So what I want to do for young Americans and sabbaticalists, people who want to take a, a bit of time out of their life and people who are retired, I want to give them an opportunity to say, hey, you know what? You don't have to stay here. Um, you don't have to be stay on the couch. We c you can come with us for a month and you can basically uh, – the course costs less than a credit card payment a month. Wow. Okay? Yeah. And we will be able to get you a job at the – I mean, I can't say – I'm not going to guarantee you a job, but I can, I can introduce you to a world sure. where you can learn that skill set and then you can go off and learn and be go go to Switzerland and work in a ski chalet for the winter. You ain't gonna earn a, you ain't gonna earn a million dollars, but you're gonna earn eight hundred euros a month, and your your airfare is gonna be paid for, and your living uh, cost is gonna be paid for, and you're gonna get to live in another world and expose yourself to something that's really really cool instead of just hanging around and waiting for something to happen. And that's what we want to do at the Gastronauts Academy is offer people. Um, just another avenue, and that's that's the, the thing for me. I want to give people a better experience in life, and give, and then that experience then ripples out. In it. I guess it sounds a bit hippified, but no, if no. you teach people well and give them um, and broaden their horizons, they can bring that back and then make the next, you know, the next venture that they do. They can pass that love and that spirit on. Ex so, expanding the generation of creativity, expanding a creative mind for for the benefit yeah. of everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. I, it, I think you. I think you need a film and music uh, representative, but yeah, you know where my resume is. Yeah, well, I think there's a. You know, my God, I know where you're going to be. You're going to be in Italy <laughs> doing like a Fellini review. So you know. Well, it depends. If I can get Mrs. Sosi to traipse around in the fountain, we're in good shape. So. <laughs> you just got to walk the steps first. That's all you got to do. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. There. So I, I guess since you're also in uh, upstate New York, how's the hockey scene over there? Hockey scene's good. I got to say, I, uh, I mean, well, look, I'm a, I'm two and a half hours away from my Maple Leafs, my Toronto Maple Leafs. Yes, um, so that's good. We're an hour away from the Buffalo Sabers. Um, I've got the Rochester Americans, the AHL team, right at my doorstep, and then we have a fantastic college um, scene up here. We have RIT, which is an amazing uh, team um, in the college. They play uh, Division Division One, mm -hmm. um, and then we've got uh, Mouse Beth have a Division Three team. So there's a lot goes on, and it's a hockey. You know, it's a real good hockey scene up here. But you know what, Matt? I had to hang up the the skates, you know, because I became the that guy. You know. Oh, like, the, oh, you, you mean you're not Gordy Howe? You're not. <laughs> no, I'm not Gordy Howe, but I'm also I'm. I'm not even the great one. I'm the I'm the okay one or the <laughs> you're, shoulda, coulda, woulda been one. You're not you even know? you're not even Wayne when he was with the Rangers. No, I'm not even I'm not even Wayne when he was with the Blues. Um, you know, like, um, no, but I'm I'm uh, no. I, I, I realized that uh, I, I I just became this really competitive, angry guy oh, of other people that that couldn't skate as well as I could, and it was like. And then it's like, where's the fun in this anymore? So right. um, I went to a tournament in Montreal, and this is the truth, and I left my hockey gear in the dressing room, walked out, and just got on the plane and went home. Wow. Just, yeah, that was that was my 
one song from that, it was like, that's it. Got it. I can't do this anymore. So, um, and uh, I think I've become a better person for realizing that. And you can still move. Your, your joints still work. Yeah. Yeah. But we, we really, the wife, um, she got me really into running. And then we got into running, and then I, I got into um, a little bit of CrossFit. But I, I really do prefer – this is – get this. At 40 years old, which I turned in February, um, my son goes to gymnastics every uh, Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, I've become this leaping, rolling, um, American Ninja Warrior-type <laughs> character okay. uh, with, 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 with tiny tots. Right. But um, I, I got to say, I really enjoy like going, and we do a lot of trampolining and stuff like that. It's been really, really fun. Good so, for you. Uh, You're still bouncing back. Yeah. Say again. You're still bouncing back. That's good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And you're a giant amongst children, so that's you know, it's a perspective thing. Seriously, there is nothing greater than landing that jump. Oh when, yeah. When when that three year old couldn't. Think, <laughs> yeah. How special are you, prodigy? Ex- this guy still got it. Experience yeah. over youth. Take that. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I think the yummy mummies that are there, they do appreciate me as the the dad that that, that will do that. Yeah. But you know, but I do see some seeding other fathers that go, you know, dude, just back off. You know, you know. You know I remember look bad. There, with the last in the last leg of Emma's dance classes. Yeah, I was I was the only dad there, and then Emma had a class with a bunch of kids, and we got invited over for a birthday party. So all of the you know all the girls were running around doing what you know five and four year olds do at a birthday party. I and I'm the only one in the kitchen with the ladies telling them how to prepare things. And I thought in in <laughs> high in high school, yeah, in high school these guys would have you know the husbands would have chased me out of the parking lot at school. So yeah, yeah, no, that's so that's, really you've become the Mel Gibson in um, what's that movie? Uh, oh, what women want? Yeah, <laughs> you know. Okay, so this is a good segue to film. I will I will explain. Um, there's a scene in that film. I I saw it in Palm Springs with my wife and her family. And uh, they go to the flashbacks of Gibson's character, and his mother was a Vegas showgirl. And so there's pictures of there's footage of him backstage getting fawned over by grown women with the giant headdresses and all this. And my wife, during the movie, turned over and looked at me and said, "Honey, was that you with the doctor's wives?" And, and I said, "Yeah." <laughs> and she goes, "That that explains a lot because when you're the only kid at a doctor's cocktail party in the '70s and '80s." And you know, right. gr- grown women are paying attention to you. Uh, I really thought I had a shot, but it molded you to the man that you are. Thank you. The maturity, the understanding, <laughs> sensitivity—that's what it does. My dad's a hairdresser. Yeah, I was in exactly the same place. I was in—I was in a, a female, like a, a woman, a woman, a pure hundred percent. My dad was the only guy. I was the um, so the ninety-nine percent women, and I grew up with that and then through and especially through my teenage years you can imagine the hormonal thing that i went through but with these cool hip um girls who were who were hairdressers and then their clientele who were like power women and, and it was it was just fantastic it was Which, and i seriously to this day i you know I, I i think that's why i get you have this confidence because as a, as a, as a if a man can be confident around women and understand yep. women as, yep. as best you can I'm going to use that. Um, everybody wins. Yep, exactly. I mean, I mean, everybody wins. Was your okay? Uh, was, was your dad Warren Beatty in shampoo? 
you know that this is the craziest thing? It could have been. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Well. Um, I'm, I'm going to tell you this now. My dad, is, my dad was uh, Vidal Sassoon's number fourth. Uh, he was num- Vidal Sassoon's number fourth apprentice. Oh, my gosh. Wow. So, uh, and he, he owned it. I'm going to tell you this now. He okay. owned it. And the stories and the people that he met. I mean, he, he used to get, he's got, this is, this is the coolest thing about my dad is like, he, he runs a very successful salon in the UK and, and a hair school and stuff. And when we go up into our attic, he has boxes of, and it says tips on the side. And he Uh-oh. had, he, he was the first white guy to work in a black salon. Ooh. And, and he was, uh, I mean, you can imagine that. This is the late 60s, early 70s of, in London. And he went to work, from Vidal Sassoon, he went to work um, for a salon called Splinters. And he was doing, he was, my dad was doing Stevie Wonder's hair, Labby Sifri's hair, The Supreme's hair, Diana Ross's hair. Um, He was a a guy that was completely in a different realm. Um, And then when he walked out of that, he, the people would come in and they were all managed by the same people. So he's he's got a box that is original signatures autographs as tips as, of, of albums okay of all of these famous um musicians and and singers and songwriters and stuff and the rolling stones he's got like the rolling stones like second album mm-hmm. completely signed by the you know as a tip <laughs> that's not bad that's crazy that's not yeah. bad i mean is, is, yeah i mean he, yeah he, he uh and, and he, he he i mean the funniest thing the funniest thing my dad always like tells me because he we 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 are part Jewish. I'm going to say that we're part Jewish. We don't we don't own it. Mm-hmm. And um, he used to so he could get better better days off. He would massage the ah, truth that he had to go to synagogue. Yes, on. yeah. Uh, and then the next part was so he would tell me that, and then he would be telling me like, oh, you know, um, you know, Ralph Lauren came to our came to synagogue this week or something like that. Cool, cool, cool. Um, while he was in London, and then the next minute is um. Oh, that guy! Yeah, that guy asked me to be in a porn movie, and I was like, "What? Well, who tells their kid that?" Because I didn't, I didn't obviously take him up on it. But it goes back in the day that people, when hair, you know, when Warren Beatty was on, they had the long hair, I had yep. the shirt undone, the hat, you know, that that my guy. He said I had the raven black hair and the chest. I had my gold medallion, and I owned it. He said, and people would make me extremely strange offers. Uh, for being the cat that I was, back, she said the cat I was. Yeah. So, back, you know. back then, those were called European art films. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Is your dad still with us? Yo, God, yeah. All yeah, right, great. Yeah, so, tell tell yeah. him to tell Julie Christie to call me. <laughs> All right, let, let's. <laughs> Because I, cause I okay. need more women to make fun of me in my life. That's really okay. So, all right, well, sh- yeah. shifting gears a little, a little bit. So, um, you've, have you been able to watch anything lately? Because now we're in the midst of, of grown-up movie season. Yes. Um, we we haven't been out much. I've got to say that. you got a but, legit excuse. Uh, the, the, the one, the movie that we, we really made an effort to watch was Spotlight. Yep. Um, that was that was an, ama- an amazing movie when we watched. And then the thing that's coming up for me is um, who is going to be the new Bond? Um, okay, that. all right. There's there's I have two I have two wishes. 
that I wish would yeah. be Bond. Um, and nobody has said anything. They're keeping really quiet on it. You know, my, my first thing would be Idris Elba because he's got everything and there's there's there would be a faction of this of the population that would just drop off the face of the earth if he if he got to do it and i think we would be all the better for that but respectfully and i and i i see the vision but how can you have a character that's over uh 50 years old and all of a sudden one day the character completely changes you know, and I mean, like the the vision of what that character is. You, you can't. I think. I think. I, I, didn't Daniel Craig already do that? Didn't Daniel Craig I, already do? Didn't Daniel Craig already do that? Blonde and blue eyed. I mean, yes. I, yeah, but okay. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm trying to. I'm, <laughs> I, I okay, hear you. But, I hear you. Um, you know what I mean? It, yeah, I, I, mean, I understand. But that, you know, my my other choice is Gillian Anderson, but I have to be Money Penny. But it's never going to happen. I know, but you asked me, and I want Julie. Come on, and I want your and I want your dad to tell Julie Christie to call me. I mean, Christ's sake, Matt! We can't even get a president that's a woman. You can't have Bond as a woman, can we? Come on. Okay, all right. Who would who would your choice be? Who would you know? I'm not allowed at management meetings. Right, I've got I've got money on a guy called Theo James, and you might have known him from Inception. Uh, not Inception. Um, Jeez, what was the movie? Oh, hang on. I'm going to have to ask. I'm going to Oh, have to I'm, yes. I'm... Divergent. Divergent. Yes. Divergent. Yeah, he's pretty. Yeah, he's, well, not pretty, but he's he's got that, he's got youth on his side. So as a franchise, I think he could like, he's got a little bit of uh, legs on him. Yeah, he's 32. But on the other sense. Yeah, he's thirty-two, so he's young enough to do what eight movies, probably. Um, <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I think about it like his problem was fifty-one when he finished. Uh, you know, before Craig took over. So and Roger Moore was—I th- I think Roger Moore was seventy. But no, I'm kidding; it's not that old. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, then uh, I—I I, kind of like him because I, I thought he would be brilliant. Divergent as well, and then Insurgent. Fantastic movies. I think they're the most, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what has really got me excited? What's got you and excited? I can't wait to go see it. Is mm-hmm. um, Magical Beasts? Is it Mr. Magical? The oh, uh, the new uh, J.K. Rowling stuff. Yeah, yeah. It opened this weekend. Um, yeah, I like Eddie Redmayne, and uh, we'll see if J.K. Rowling's can write a screenplay. That would be good. Uh, I have one rule though. I'm I'm a crabby old person, and and the Potter the Potter universe is partially responsible for this. One book, one film. Right. I can't I can't do two I can't do two films in one book anymore. I just and I'm looking at Hunger mm. Games as well. Um, you could easily make a three hour slam bang extravaganza and still get the audience in. You don't need to make it two films. I'm an old person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, but then again. Studios have to make money. I, I know that. that, that, that I know. Yeah. I'm with you. Uh, it, you know, I, I'm with you, but I'm, you know, I'm a little bit younger, so I oh, think so- I can do both sides of the thing. <laughs> you got a four in your age, sir. Welcome to the club. <laughs> uh, well, the wife's living that one. I bet. Now. You know what? I'm, yeah. I'm now going to have to find a Gordy House onesie to send to your house. Do you know what? My best friend did that. Oh really? I it. He, he, no, no, he did. He sent. He sent. He said, um, 
because uh, he's a well the thing is okay if you're going to talk hockey he's a I'm, he's an Ottawa Senators fan I'm a Toronto fan my oh, wife geez. is a Detroit like their family her whole family is Detroit Red Wings and so every, there's this little triangle of rivalry and he said hey I've sent you something for the kid and I was like yeah and he's godfather and he sent him a um, bloody Red Wings tracksuit <laughs> and I was like you know, the indoctrination of this child is, you know, it's getting a bit stupid, you know. Like, but now I've got another one to, to mould, so, you know, I can play with that. Yeah, I, I remember our text exchange. That was uh, that was very curt and to the point. Uh, not, you're not joking around. <laughs> not fooling around on that one. I'm not letting another one slip through the cracks, Matt. Oh, you're, you're going to have fun sweaters. And uh, when I, 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 see, I see the Boom family going out for the Winter Classic when the kids are old and strong enough. Well, we. The funny thing is, this, this is the crazy thing. Three years later, the the Toronto and Detroit are in Toronto, an hour and a, two hours away from me, and they're doing the Winter Classic in Toronto, uh, or the Heritage Classic, as we're going to call it, or Centennial Classic, because it's uh, Toronto, whatever classic it is, it's going to be outside, and they're going to make loads of money on it. But yep. the, the whole thing is, um, three. I can't believe that the same hockey game is being played three years <laughs> later with you know with another kid on the you know. <laughs> It's just, it's just. I feel like I'm looking in the mirror, and I'm, I can't. I'm looking forward, but it's still behind me. It's crazy. I don't know. How it gets <laughs> well, you're you're allowed in Canada. That's good. That's all right. Um, yeah, now and then. <laughs> <laughs> I was it's getting back in is the problem. I, I bet. I I was telling I was telling some folks as a kid, growing up in uh, growing up in in Michigan. Um, the CBC Channel Nine out of Ottawa was was a great station to watch when you you didn't have a driver's license because Canadian television on Saturday mornings they would start the program they would show darts they would a two split a split screen the guy throwing and the board and that was yeah. it it was like it was like bowling it was amazing and then in the afternoon curling. And I defend yep. curling to this day. Then hockey night in Canada, and yeah. and when that was over, wrestling. That's that's just a haven for the for the shut ins. I mean, it, it was it was great television and very, especially the darts, very inexpensive. I think people don't get darts. Do you know, do you know like like when you go, it's if you actually go live to darts, and if people don't know what darts is, it's a pub game basically, where. <laughs> It's a board, a round circle with three, four of the round circles in it, and it's 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 the it's it's bar room archery. Let's call it that. And That's good. Um, and you basically it's the first two. Um, oh Christ! They can play up to you can play up to four seven twenty or yes yeah, seven twenty yeah. is the high score, but you play up to that anyway. But it's in. From all across Europe, you go to a bar and they'll have like these big picnic tables and big jugs of beer and craft beer, and people just shouting, shouting and shouting and shouting. And like, there's this guy just throwing these little dart things at a board, and it's like, why is this such an event? And it's like, well, there's beer. And it's like, oh, I get it, right? Okay, it doesn't it doesn't matter, you know. It's like when you know curling. That's why curling was invented because no one, you know, bowling was boring, so they thought we'll do it on ice, and then it got really boring, so they. Threw beer in at it again. I can do that. That's Canada. 
Well, you know, the, and those as long are... as you can hold one one a can of beer in one hand, we'll play any sport. It would it's it would good. be like showing like a softball league, but you know you can't do that with Major League Baseball. You can't do that with the NHL. You can't do that with the NFL. You know, it, I mean that those other sports like curling and darts. It's it's basically a pub. You know, it's a pub sport. But... Do you know? I'm not. I can't discount. I can't say you, you shouldn't discount softball because I watched. I love collegiate softball. Yes, the girls just. Rock and, they, and, and but but they, but they yeah. can't be chugging a Molson while pitching. No, they they yeah, they're women that that can you know laser beam it and 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 I can't do that. Yeah. Oh, totally. No, no, no. There's a difference between collegiate softball and you know nine idiots on a field with you know five five to the wind. That's true. Uh, now here's a good question for you. Yes. Okay. So my my friend uh, in Canada, she she has this great thing, and she said to me. If you were going to do an Olympic, what would you, what would be your Olymp? What's the one thing out of all Olympic sports you would do? Um, to just to say that's your Olympic sport, curling and, and uh, curling, right? So I, I actually would say the luge because oh, it's not. Is it really? Is it really a sport to go down? You know, on a on a tea tray, <laughs> is that a sport? It's, I think it's the art of laziness, personally. Well, well, but, by that you know. by that rationale, you could say swimming is just a way of keeping from drowning. I think the luge is something. <laughs> it, it's you know, luge is something that you you make sure you don't crash. You know, bobsledding is the same thing. The, the... And then was it? Oh, sorry, sorry. Luging is the one on your front, and uh, oh, skeleton is the one on your back, and um, luging is the one on your front. So I would say that luging is drunk. Is, is is the drunk version because you've got to be crazy to do it on the on your front on uh, head down head first. Skeleton is like the one on your back, and you're like, yeah, I can go on a tea tray, and I'm just gonna just let let myself go. You know, that's what I would say. The, but, this yeah. this conversation almost sounds like the Kama Sutra, almost. <laughs> It's, it's for those for those tuning in at the very wrong moment. We're talking about Olympic sports seriously here on the film show. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then that brings us to Cool Runnings, the remake. They should not do it. No, the musical on Broadway. No, but they're, they're remaking Cool Runnings. Did you hear that? Um, I I've heard that. I I always have a rule of. I mean. Until I see a poster or a trailer, I'm not going to get too, too jacked up about it because everything is in development. Yeah, yeah so, well, The Rock's in it. so I'll, I'll Oh, it, well, if, if Dwayne's in it, then it's got a chance, I suppose. Because uh, apparently... Because <laughs> John Candy... Could, we... I know, it just like, seems like The Rock's in everything. But yeah, it's, it's a funny movie. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see there. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's funny. So, um, with your with your oldest now, I I, I um, when Emma was about that age, two, three, four, um, she went through a phase where there were there were in her case there were two movies that she could watch every day and never be bored. Um, one was Finding Nemo, and the other was Monsters mm-hmm. Inc. Ha- have you had this experience at home? Okay, oh, God. So uh, this time last year, I was telling you about um, the Bubble Guppies, and uh, we, we yes. are firmly into Peppa Pig right now. Right. Um, but the movie, which if I can get Remy to sit down for anything, is Norm of the North. Oh my gosh! Poem. Yeah, I do. Yeah. And um, that is incredible. I, I, I think it's a hilarious movie, but I, I didn't even know it existed. And then he's got this thing about polar bears, so he saw it, and we recorded it, and it's the first movie that he's actually, like, he just stands there and watches. Like, it's just like this 
that it's oh my god this polar bear speaks and everything it's amazing <laughs> so he's um but if i have to watch one more episode of piper pig's grandpa's grandpa pig's train i'm gonna yeah yeah you know uh, the kids the kids addicted and i'm i don't know what to do about we're it. not we're you're not out you're not shirtless outside with the rifle yet well you know but the thing is you, you know you know like peyton manning goes um does this uh, does this commercial where he comes that tune? Yes, and it's the tune of yeah. Yes, I'm like that now. I, I I'm just walking down the street and I go pepper pig. You have an earwig in your in your skull. Yeah, and then I go oh cup of coffee, <laughs> and it's like oh oh. And the worst thing is now now I've got another child. I've got another like basically this is my life. Isn't it? Next now years. it's yep. just yeah. Now is the time start playing like uh you know we we joked about you know Coltrane ballads that's always good um yeah <laughs> well what I have found is um we were I was trying to get him into ACDC and that didn't really <laughs> that didn't really happen really <laughs> not the nap time music back in black no <laughs> seriously but Megan puts on um uh, uh Pitbull um jeez oh, and he, the knees go, and uh, the little arms go around and round and round, and it's like, wow. Okay, okay. he's right. going to be, he's, he's a clubber. When, 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 when the child cannot sleep, Saturday nights, eight to ten, the Blues House Party, wfyi.org. dot org. You, you got to do something about that. Right, right. <laughs> I... Jeez. Pitbull, man, <laughs> yikes. Cool. Right then. <laughs> Uh, I'm, 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 I've just got this look. She's like, did you I get sick? Going to be half an hour, and, and then like, oh, did you get what hour. we call sitcom wife look? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She's a wall. But but tell her tell her it's tell her it's okay. It's the Red Wings guy. It's so yeah. <laughs> it's all good. She, actually, when she saw the ring, she went, "It's so chic. <laughs> He's my guy." Like that. She's like, yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it movies. that I love it that she's never even had an like a conversation with you. And it's like, oh, it's Matt Soshi. It's like, oh, that guy's on the phone. He's so cool. And it's like, he ain't that cool. No. no. <laughs> Gonna talk to her soon. Now that that you you you've laid the gauntlet on that, sir. Well, you've yeah. She, I, she appreciates you that you're in her corner. Like that. <laughs> well, someone's gotta be. Jeez. All right, look, I look, I will let you get back to your family, Danny. I really, this is this is good. This is a good uh, the weekend after Thanksgiving uh, cool down. So uh, yeah, but uh, yeah. no, get get out of the house. Good luck with uh, with the academy, and uh, I'm Thank gonna. Thank you very uh, much. I will look into some more uh, academy stuff, and you know where to find me, and vice versa. And uh, you know the season just started, so uh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, I'm come sure. on. Well, we do a great thing. I've got this um, free cookery book that we can post for you, and ah. it's called The Holidays Survival Guide. Yes. And um, we have 12 inter interlocking recipes that they they are foolproof for any occasion. And um, and just remember this holiday season, it's not – don't put any pressure on yourself because at the end of the day, everybody should just be happy that you cooked there you go, ladies and gentlemen. If words you don't to have live to by. Do it, if, if they don't have to do it, they shouldn't complain. <laughs> exactly, exactly. They don't have to. They, they didn't have to prep, and they didn't have to clean up. So yeah. totally. Yeah. All right, and, Danny. Uh, that's cool. 
Danny, have a great rest of the holiday, and I know we'll be in touch, but I, I, I always appreciate, appreciate our marathon chats. Oh, absolutely awesome. And happy Thanksgiving and happy holidays to you all. Stay warm out there and, uh, and keep it classy, Mr. Soshi. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> all right, I'll talk to you later. All right, man. Take care. Bye-bye. All right, you too. Bye-bye. Always good to talk to Danny Boom. Thank you, Danny. Always a pleasure. Go check him out on Facebook and as well as the Facebook page for uh, Gastronauts Academy. Uh, go see a good movie. You deserve it. Have a great rest of the weekend. And, yes, I'm going to repeat it because I got such feedback last week. Here's my tribute to the master. Take care, everybody. Master, what are you doing here? You have failed us, Torgo. I know of your visits to the tomb. My visits? The women have told me. They may not be able to say anything or move when you're there. But they remember everything you say to them. And everything you do to them. But master, you have six wives. Why can't I have one for myself? You are not one of us. Therefore, you cannot have one of them. Yes, but I have one now. This one is mine. You'll never get her. You have failed us, Torgo. For this, you must die. Fail you? No. You have failed yourselves. you never kill them. I'll help them. You have failed. And you must die. Stop! What foolishness is this? Manos must be served. There you are. She is the one. She has upset all of our plans. This foolishness must stop. There has been enough trouble. Our purpose must be served. There will be no further insolence. But the child. We cannot kill a child. Yes, we can. You have caused enough trouble. As soon as we have disposed of Torgo, we shall take care of you. Your power fails you. I have no more fear. Seize her and prepare her for sacrifice. Find them. They must not escape. Find them. No, leave them alone. We cannot kill a child. Enough talk. Find them. Manos will be served. I can't believe you've let her watch Manos. <laughs> Is she scarred for life? Let's put it this way. What I... parent are you? <laughs> when I wake her up, I vocalize the theme to wake her up to get oh, her ready to school. Oh, you're a terrible father. <laughs>